Welcome back to Enter Sandman Sports Psychology Discussions, Episode 3. Today I'm here with Micah Katzer, current free agent up in Seattle right now working out at Driveline Baseball Facility, and he's going to come on the show today to talk about the last year of his uh, college and professional baseball career. So Micah, I really appreciate you coming on today. Perfect. Thank you. So you have a really good year at East Tennessee State, and then unfortunately don't sign with the MLB club after the draft. Uh, don't get drafted. Were you in talks with major league teams leading up into the draft and afterwards, or how did that process play out for you? Yeah, so my junior year, I would say, I had um, some interest. Did like the normal like filling out questionnaires, stuff like that. But I didn't think at any point that I was going to be selected or uh, be anywhere near enough money in order to not come back to college. So I kind of knew I was coming back. So just went into the idea of training hard and trying to have a really good senior year and then um, ended up putting up some good numbers I just Velo wasn't there so kind of knew that I might not have that opportunity and then going finishing my senior year I um, was talking with my pitching coach Mike Posey and he was like helped me out so much throughout that whole process and was kind of just saying that you just need to prove that you can pitch at professional baseball level in order to get picked up that's just the reality of it so I went and signed uh in the frontier league with the river city rascals Mm -hmm. and I was there for about a month month and a half put up good numbers and then Rockies had some injuries and just worked out really good timing and got picked up with them and finished out my year there awesome so uh backtracking a little bit during you know during the process you mentioned really good numbers at east tennessee state were was there any frustration what was your thought process when you were going out every weekend and obviously throwing the ball really well and not getting the attention or you know the the thought process that you might get drafted was that something that you kind of had in your back of your head that might not be an opportunity right away or were you kind of expecting that to come with the stats yeah so that was i would say my about a week before the season started uh coach posey sat me down and was just like you're just gonna have to swallow your pride like you can mm-hmm throw a perfect game and he's like it's not really going to change the situation so I kind of knew um I would just have to put it, it was just going to be a super long process so I think I did a lot I think that's why my numbers were so good my senior year just because I didn't really think about that I was just going to go out there and try to put up the best numbers I could and if the situation worked out then it did if not then I was going to be okay with that because mm-hmm. I did everything that I could so that was kind of some pre-discussion plans that we had leading up to the season so it put me in a good position to where I was in that the right role I guess mentally in order to succeed without having to think about that stuff constantly. Do you think like you mentioned you had really good you know numbers because of that do you think that played a, a bigger role than people might expect of just knowing like you don't have to go out and perform for scouts you're just gonna you know do well and then continue on to the next level and continue to prove yourself or do you think that was a little bit harder yeah so that was especially over the past three or four years in baseball you just see the average velo increasing and increasing so I knew that I just wasn't keeping up with that curve so I had to do stuff differently so I like again I said when I sat down with a couple other guys and we we're just talking about how the game's changing I was like you can either adapt or die so it was either I put up good numbers and just I had to pitch with what I had or I could just cry about it and then mm-hmm. just not play baseball again. So I was I went in with the thought process of 
I'm just trying to have fun. Like this could be my last year of baseball, so I just want it to be on my own terms. So I think that really helped put away the um, extra stuff that comes with it. You know, the pressure of oh, I have to throw seven innings scoreless to get drafted, or oh, this team uh, is coming to watch me pitch today. I have mm-hmm. to do good. It was just more of just going out there and having fun. And our senior year ended up being one of our better record years. And I think it was just a lot of guys bought into that process of just going out there and letting our game do the talking really. That's awesome. When, so not having to worry about the scouts, obviously probably plays a big factor in just Mm -hmm. being able to kind of let loose and not worry about the outside factors. But when there were scouts there, when those guys were present, did, did that change a little bit? Did it start to kind of creep in your head that if I have a really good outing today, the opportunity might open up or you just kind of stay even keeled with, I'm going by my own process and it'll come with success. Like, did that change when they were actually in front of you? Yeah, it's obviously like no matter how much you say it, you'd notice because like, yeah. there are five guys standing there behind with a mm-hmm. radar gun. Like, it's going to be hard not to yeah. let one go. So I would say usually around like the first couple innings, you got the normal jitters of uh, try to gas this one up a little bit or try to throw like a better breaking ball. But then really it's you just settle in and then just – focus on the game that you're you're going in so i'd say for maybe a little bit it was kind of in the back of your head but mainly i was especially being a senior you kind of have experience with that i was kind of more common collected i guess yeah well i mean luckily like you said that you had success as a senior year and the open up opportunities for you and independent ball so when you signed with river city uh, and the frontier league you mentioned kind of having the outstretched plan of like it's going to be a long process Mm -hmm. to be able to get into affiliated ball what was your immediate like plan with Frontier or in the Frontier League with River City? Like, were you trying to was it development? Like, you're going to try to work on Velo there, or you're trying to get reps and just continue to show success? Like, was it what was your game plan when you signed with them besides just another opportunity? Yeah, so I finished ETSU's senior season around late May. And draft wasn't until June. It was like June June, 4th. Yeah, Yeah. June. So I had some time off. um, And then I had a couple guys uh, that I was talking to, my head coach and my pitching coach. And they were just kind of feeling the waters for me, I guess, seeing Mm -hmm. like what other guys were hearing. Um, So it's kind of just a waiting game. And then obviously, you know, I wasn't expecting to hear my name on the first couple days. And then you get to the – you see the guys in your conference go, and you're like, God, I think I'm better than them. Or yeah. some guys that are around your same skill set that are going, so you think you might go, and then just didn't play out the the timing of it. So then I took about a month off, was trying to get a grasp of what I was going to do, either take that year off and train or do what, and then I kind of got a final word of go play indie ball, kind of get your name out there, Post number. So I went to go play indie ball with absolutely no intentions of getting picked up that year. Like I wasn't okay. actively reaching out to people. Like, hey, I wasn't posting anything on social media. I just went out there and I was just trying to play professional baseball and kind of get that under experience. Because like I said, that was, that was the biggest thing for me is I just had to prove that I could pitch with the stuff that I had at professional baseball and be effective. And yeah. luckily... I was able to put up some decent numbers, and I learned a lot from a lot of those guys because that was that was the biggest surprise. Is there's a bunch of ex-affiliated guys that are mm-hmm. have been up to Double A, so 
I was just picking their brains a lot, and then, like I said, the timing of it just worked out good, and then was able to go finish last month with the Rockies. Yeah, so getting into that, you you started four games with River City, and then mm-hmm. um, you signed with Colorado. What was that like for you after you know the whole thing of like your junior year filling out stuff to senior year getting sat down and talked about you're probably not gonna get a chance. You just gotta keep doing it to actually going out and doing it through your college season, through an indie season. And then getting the chance, what was that like when you first had that contact and you know signed with the pro team or the an affiliated team, knowing that like your success that year led to that, and then from there you get to move on and yeah, work much, on the development side. Much more rewarding, I guess, because yeah. I feel like in especially in college, like those guys that that do get drafted are you have a set day. Like draft has days, like mm-hmm. this day, this day, this day, and you from your agents or whoever you hear from, like, projection-wise, you think that you're going to go on a certain day. So you kind of have that set in your mind. So the different thing for me was it was at, like, 8 a.m., and we just got off, like, a 10-hour bus ride. So I was just, like, had a whirlwind of emotions because, yeah. like, just I five minutes. Good, coming off yeah, some good sleep. Five minutes ago <laughs> was just, like, rattled. I was like, oh, my gosh, did I just get signed? And then it sinks in, and then you're like, holy crap, like, I'm – actually going to play like affiliated baseball so it's just crazy like just how fast that changes because i didn't really have any time to prepare for it like i said i was wasn't expecting it at all and then the timing of it just was like all of it just sank in like at once so it was awesome so then you get to so you get signed to short single a boise and you know you get you get in the groove you get a couple appearances to mm-hmm. finish out the year um how did you feel about like yourself going you know your process you went gone through translating into affiliated ball like do you think did you feel pressure for development to come in quick or were you sticking with the same approach of i'm just going to perform like i have been and worry about their stuff later yeah i don't know why but when i signed with rockies when i got there i was just like i felt like i had to carry myself like a totally different way mm-hmm. so my first couple of times throwing i was felt like i was like scherzer in game seven like <laughs> it had to be perfect and everything and then after a while all the guys are kind of you kind of get a vibe of the locker room and the, and the coaches and stuff and there's just the development side like i said is that's the biggest thing in minors for sure so i kind of started to see that and focus on more of just trying to get better and not really trying to be as perfect and just try to get back to what helped me in my senior year was just going out and having fun not mm-hmm. worrying about if, oh, if i give up a run they're gonna release me and like stuff like that 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 creeped into your mind. So did you, sorry, real quick, did you feel like you had a shorter leash or you were under like a more of a microscope yeah. because you were brought in late as yes. signed from? Yeah. Ball? So okay. I, I probably could have been a second round pick and I still would have been like, Oh, if I throw a bad, like yeah. they're going to do that, which I, I don't know why, cause that's not going to do anything but limit you. So mm-hmm. I kind of talked to some guys about that, just how they handled that situation. And they were just saying, just go out there and have fun and just enjoy it. Cause I guess when you're not going through that situation and me not being drafted, you're much more appreciative when you do get that opportunity because you yeah. realize it's such a select few group of guys. And just to be able to say one day that you played with an affiliated team in minor league is, is an honor to a, a lot of guys that w- would die to be in that situation. So why not just go out and have fun with it and make the best of it? That's awesome. So heading into the off season, how, like how did you feel going into the off season? Cause you mentioned how, you were trying to decide between taking a year off and just like working on, you know, throwing harder, maybe work on the stuff a little bit more or getting straight into ball. 
and you were able to get into it and work on it a little bit. So how did you feel going into the offseason um, knowing that you had just played affiliated ball and you had a full, I don't know, however months to work on yourself before yeah. spring training? Like, how do you feel yeah. about that? So finished in September, and I knew that I had it until about late January, early February. So totally different than college because – you have this all this time to let your body recover and work on what you need to work on. Instead mm-hmm. of college, you might get a month off. So you're kind of just refining stuff instead of really trying to reinvent yourself. So my mood going into offseason changed when I got picked up for affiliated because I knew I didn't need to make as many uh, drastic changes because I was given the opportunity. I just knew uh, come spring training, I wanted to show up in good form peak shape and stuff so that I was ready because I didn't want to leave it up to not being in shape in Mm -hmm. order to get uh, deciding my job I guess so that was different for sure going through that whole training process Um, I had a lot more time to critique some stuff and I when I got picked up I think I was at 130 innings already from college and from indie ball so I knew just from rest that I was going to show up and be a much different pitcher than what I was at because I was Mm -hmm. running on fumes basically at that point. I had never thrown so much. So I was really excited for that opportunity to kind of show up and I guess prove myself and I guess kind of turn some heads because the obviously your stuff's a little different when you're juiced up and you're fresh and stuff. So I was definitely ready for that opportunity. How did you, did you, like, how were you going about the process of the offseason in dealing with, like, reporting your first spring train? Was there some nerves with that? Was there, what was, like, when you got down to spring training, what was it like? It was, like, what you expected, or how did that um, sit with you? Yeah, I felt like a freshman in college again. You're, like, <laughs> scared to ask the older guys, like, any questions. Like, mm-hmm. anyone that's been there for a little bit of time, like, you're scared. Like, hey, man, what, what are we wearing today? Like, are we not allowed to wear this and, and stuff like that. So it's, like... Getting that the first week down under your belt is definitely the biggest part because then after that it's just you just get in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. So luckily I had some guys in the organization that I kind of was texting on the side about like yeah. any small questions I had. So they helped me out a lot um, getting in that situation. But yeah, definitely shell shocked at first spring training because that was my first time seeing like Arenado and Story, Trevor Black, like all those guys. It's just like crazy they're like oh i watched them on tv and now you're like working out with them like yeah. in the same weight room so that part is like kind of crazy but then once you get over it and just realize that everyone's there for the same thing just trying to get better it just it makes the whole vibe of it just a lot more fun how long do you think that took you to kind of get to that point of just realizing like hey we're all you know we're all playing baseball right now it's yeah. we're all training we're all trying to get right for the season like how long did it take you to kind of get over the Probably, idea of like, yeah. whoa, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> I'm in like, a different role. Last year I was in college. Yeah. Now I'm here. Yeah. That was, I would say probably like right at a week because I was, you're going in there at 6 a.m. leaving at like 11. So you're not really there a whole lot. So the time spent there is you're doing something constantly. So you're mm-hmm. lifting or you're doing PFP drills, throwing pins and stuff. So you, I'd say probably I, I got to throw off the mound twice through two bullpens and then after I threw that second one I had I what I thought was a pretty good bullpen and I had um a coach that was kind of just talking to me and I was able to kind of take a deep breath and be like okay I'm 
I'm going to be here for a little bit, so I might as well just enjoy it. So mm -hmm. it made the whole um, experience a lot more enjoyable. So you mentioned being there for a little bit, ended up being, you know, a little <laughs> bit because of everything Not shut so down. Much. So what was what was it like you know, being at spring training, getting, getting comfortable, um, getting ready for the season, all of a sudden uh, COVID just cuts it completely. Like what, what did you do immediately after that? How was that, how'd that affect you? Absolute roller coaster of emotions. Cause you just feel like you put in five to six months of like the hardest training that you've done, trying to get good. And especially a guy in my shoes, you know, I have free agent signed, so I'm not, a big name guy so obviously they start to roll in are, are they releasing guys or and then you hear other organizations are releasing guys and you're like oh, are they doing that to us so it's just a thinking waiting game at that point and that's just no one wants to play that like i'd mm -hmm. rather you just tell me day one what's gonna happen but that was just it's it's a lot harder when it's not in your hands and mm -hmm. you can't control it because if they were to come to me and go hey you're releasing you because you're the worst pitcher that we've seen in baseball, then you can at least swallow and go, okay, like I can understand that I have a 14 ERA. But when you have decent numbers and it's out of their hands, like they're just doing it and you totally understand, like it's, it's a business at this point. It's your job. It's not because they don't like you. It's just because of what they have to do. Then that makes it a little more harder to swallow. But that was just crazy because it's, they're gonna cut me okay I made it through oh wait are they doing it again like just up and down up and down so it was very hard to kind of stay on a steady mental game yeah you just and no one knows like no one knew the an exact answer it was you hear something different on Twitter every 15 minutes I feel like you get on there so it was just like I had to get away from social media mm -hmm. just because your, your mood changes every other day so <laughs> every time you refresh the yeah exactly. someone's get some teams are paying their minor leaguers some are getting rid of them mm -hmm. things like that so you kind of hinted at it um unfortunately like got released got cut um due to the COVID situation with like all of baseball but mm -hmm. what how long after did you get released from when shutdown like officially started so shut down in we got sent home middle of february i threw one bullpen middle of february and then around march or april i think as uh the rockies did um first kind of wave of guys got released mm -hmm. and one of them was my roommates so that's how i first found out that they were doing it, is he kind of texted in a group message like, hey, it just got released. So I was like, oh, it's to wet and start to come in. Like, anytime my phone rings, I'm like, yeah, looking at it. So nothing happened. And then about a month and a half later, I just got done throwing a bullpen in Tampa, Florida, and was driving back home and looked at my phone. It was Denver, Colorado. And I was like, oh, this is probably it. So answered it. And then as soon as Zach Wilson is the guy that called me, but he was totally professional about it, kind of basically just explained it to me and like I said is totally understand the business side of it like he yeah. had to make the decision and in no way was it malice or um bad in the way that he did it he did it totally explained it to me like why they had to do it so totally understood so I didn't leave with a sour feeling in my mouth it was more of like upset with just the situation of it uh, just nothing you can really do in that situation yeah. but you so during that time, 
between shutdown and then you know you get in that call you mentioned that's just hard because every time you check your phone you don't know what's going on you really don't know what's going on at all in any capacity but how hard is it to continue to like work out every day and get ready for a season that you don't know is going to start you don't know when it's going to start you don't know if you're going to be a part of it like how hard is it to stay on a schedule because you mentioned going to the offseason you had a full plan of i have to be ready by january i have this many months to rest recover work this part out like how how do you go about doing any of the preparation side of things when you have no idea like any of the schedule yeah that was definitely the weirdest first month that we got sent home it was do we keep like because i just threw to live hitters the day before that we got sent home so i think the worst thing in baseball is when you ramp up so you're geared up like i'm ready to start the season in less than two weeks and then to you're on a plane sitting in your house and mm-hmm. you're not allowed to go outside and you're just like <laughs> what in the world like what do i do so that was luckily we were doing zoom meetings still so you kind of get to see what other guys are doing um making the best of the situation so it was kind of fun like trying to find new ways to train and stuff so I'd say for the first month or so, it was just more trying to stay at the same shape. And then once you get in like April, May, you're kind of like itching to, you're like, oh, we should be about like halfway through our season right now. Like, this yeah. is crazy. Like, we still have absolutely no idea what we're doing. So training wise, you're just trying to keep staying in shape without exerting too much of yourself or getting too low to where if they're like, hey, and three weeks we're going to start the season again because especially as a pitcher you if you do that and you haven't been throwing like that's when you get a serious injury or injury prone and stuff like that so i was just trying to stay um where i was at physically because like i said i really liked where i was at um and where i was headed so that was definitely the weirdest part was like kind of getting in that groove and then like i i think it was was it May or June when they released that they there wasn't a minor league season? Yeah, it was right yeah, around Yeah, so like June. right around then. So then it was, do I keep throwing to stay in shape for whatever happens? And then got released, and I was like, all, all motivation just went out, and you're just like trying to figure out what you're going to do next. And then I'd say about after May, like middle of August, I was – came here and mm-hmm. just been training and was like gonna just go all out for it and try to get ready for January or February hopefully that was that was my next question was how like what you know obviously probably devastated and frustrated yeah. is a good word to use because of it being really out of your hands like you've done everything you can you know you performed in college performed any ball performed with uh the hot Boise Hawks go to spring training feel good about bullpens and then you just lose it all because of uh what's going on like how hard was that to take in and how long did you do you think you kind of sat on that yeah definitely of just like like how when did when were you able to kind of get past it and be like let's go like i'm getting into shape like i'm i'm getting out after it again uh i'm gonna go drive line i'm gonna do all this stuff make a run for it next year like how long was it before you kind of switched from being bummed situation you said no motivation yeah so i would say i got released i think may 23rd somewhere around there and i'd say i took maybe a week or two off and was just kind of playing my game because i guess i'm getting married in january Mm -hmm. 
she, my fiance has got a job. Like I've had coaching job offers. Mm-hmm. You're 23 years old. And I'm like, should I like start my life or <laughs> like, should I try and keep going? So that's where you're just trying to like weigh your options. And I think kind of getting away from it allowed me to clear my head and let my emotions really sink in about kind of the whole situation of what just happened. And then, um, just like I said, Mike Posey pitching coach is been there for me like off the field on the field he's he's helped me so a lot and then Daniel Sweeney was one of my really really good friends in college and he's now the volunteer assistant and I was kind of asking him picking his mind like coaching and stuff like that and they were all just basically saying the same thing just go all out for it now because you have no idea when you're going to get this chance again so I was knew that if I did not, I would not be able to sleep at night and 10 years from now thinking uh, if I didn't go for it, then I may have gotten the opportunity or stuff like that. So I just probably about a couple weeks just talking to some people and them saying just just go for it, go for it now because you're still young, why you have the chance. So I'd say about middle of June is when I was like, okay, I'm going to really go for it this year, basically just try to get in the best shape that I can, not play. Because I had some indie ball offers. There were still some indie ball leagues that were playing, and I was like, I'm not playing in any indie ball. I'm just going to try to get the best physical shape. And I knew driveline is the best option for me because mm-hmm. they have – if there's going to be something to fix, they're going to find it. So yeah. I was, I knew that was the best place for me to be. So around July, early July, I kind of made plans to come out here and then just basically take a gap year. So just train as hard as I could, and then January, February, kind of get a pro day and hopefully get picked up. See where it goes from there. Yep. So you mentioned you're at Driveline now, and you mentioned not wanting to look back on this in however many years and think about like what could have been if I would have mm-hmm. just gone for it one more time because of the circumstances that led to you know you being released. What, what was the motivation behind like all you've gone through to be able to play professional baseball and like the odds keep being stacked, you know, not, not really in your favor. Mm-hmm. Are you having to go over more obstacles than most? Like what's the motivation for like keeping with it and not giving up in a sense? Yeah. Just so to be able to play. I would say the biggest thing for me hundred percent was being able to go to spring training. If I would have gotten, if COVID would have hit, you know, two or three months earlier, and I would have never had the opportunity to go to spring training. I may not have ever had that feeling, but being in spring training and just seeing the other guys, like, I didn't feel it was that big of a leap for me Mm talent-wise. I felt like I belonged there. Um, Obviously, there's going to be the guys that are just flat out better than you, but I'd say for, like, majority speaking, I didn't feel like I was up there just didn't belong and it felt awkward out of place. Like I felt like I would be able to hold my own and, and perform at a, at a pretty high level. So I definitely being able to get that experience of being around other guys, um, really helped my, my mental game. Cause like I said, that was my first time being around, you know, not drafted. So you kind of get the, I'm probably not as good as these guys, mm-hmm. but then once you kind of get a play with them and then just be around the other guys in the organization, you, you kind of, tell yourself like I'm not that far off I can 
I just make a little adjustment, I will be at the same level, if not maybe a little better. So definitely being able to go to spring training and see the whole talent pool, realize that. And seeing how close you think yep. you really are. Yeah. Did you have doubts about that before? Just with the, yeah. like in the seat, like in, what was it? Yeah, end of 2019, mm-hmm. when you went to Boise, did you, did you have doubts in yourself compared to the guys there or just in general about the process? I would say my doubts were really um, just like immediately after the draft. Cause like I said, you see the guys in your conference go that you may be pitched against and you beat and you're just like, I just don't get how they got drafted. Like you just personally feel like I, that you're a better player than them and mm-hmm. you maybe should have been given the opportunity like a little selfishly, but I guess that's just part of like the, when you put in that much work, you kind of not expect it, but you're just kind of hopeful for it. But yeah, being definitely being a free agent guy kind of makes you a little self-conscious. And like my first day of Boise was the day that everyone got their signing bonuses. Oh, so yeah. it was just like, kind of like, ah, yeah, man, that's tough. And you know, when the first rounder yeah, pulls in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of like a little gut shot, but like, nothing personal to those guys like oh, yeah, they all 100 percent earn that mm-hmm. earn that right so very happy for those guys but definitely um just a little bit just from being a free agent having to go play any ball to getting picked up i think there's just that you carry that little chip on your shoulder for however long you play just will always carry that so but definitely being in spring training that was my first time getting to kind of see everybody and be like okay this is it's not crazy person talking saying that I could make it in this organization. It's just like, I'm, th- I feel like I'm there. I'll be able to perform. It's nothing ridiculous. Not like water boy coming off. Yeah. Of like the bench plan. You're able to actually see it and realize, yeah. you know, get an actual evaluation of where you are in comparison to everybody exactly. all start at the same yes. point. So the last week you have another couple of days here at driveline. Mm-hmm. How's that been? And how do you feel just, knowing what you've done with them so far, where they might be able to help you moving forward, the process of just everything yeah. you've done with them. How has that kind of helped you moving forward? It's absolutely incredible, the stuff that they are able to not only find out to you, but just the way that they relay the information to you is on a complete another level. Like they're finding out stuff that you've had, you have no idea that would even affect your body or something. So it's like if you're throwing motion like they find something on a slow-mo camera and they go okay you're doing this that's why you do this and you're like start to piece it again you're like oh my gosh like that's crazy how everything is just connected so just them doing that and then they do an unreal job of explaining what deficiencies you do have and then describing and laying out a plan of how they're going to fix it so there's there's when I go like when I go home to train, I'm not gonna leave here with any questions whatsoever. They have explained everything to me of all my deficiencies that they found in my mechanics, how we're gonna go about fixing that on a daily process, mm-hmm. and then basically just improving each and every week, which is what their programs are made for. Yeah, so that's um, one thing that I think they do really good is first day that you come in there, they ask you what is your goal? Like, what do you want to get out of this training? So, and real quick, what was your, what was like your answer when you, so my, I said that I wanted to hit 95 and mm-hmm. I wanted to be as strong as possible. So okay. basically just trying to get in best physical shape I can. So doing, you know, getting more flexible, um, getting strength as much as possible. So that they asked me like what I wanted to squat. And I said like four Oh five, just, mm-hmm. 
like, because I feel like if I'm able to squat four or five, that's going to put me in the best physical shape in order to do that. And then, like I said, I think a study just came out and it was the average fastball velocity now in the big leagues is 93.6. So it's just getting up there every year. So I think if I'm able to go out and throw a fastball at 95 and sit, my goal would be to sit anywhere from 92 to 93 Mm -hmm. and then touch, I'd say my reaching goal would be to touch 95. I think that would put me in a position to definitely get picked up. When where this past year, maybe not, you know, when you were quote running on fumes, but like when you were Mm -hmm. last kind of clocked, where were you sitting and where were you touching? Yeah. So I would say my, when I was at my freshest at ETSU, I would say I was anywhere from 87 to 89. And then obviously when you get juiced up, you can Mm -hmm. get, but I think I maybe touched 91 handful of times, but I would say majority, I was probably sitting 88, 89. So yeah, taking, you know, the success you had with the stuff you had and then adding, Mm -hmm. you know, however many more miles now would probably be pretty, would would probably play. Yeah, because that's what I'm definitely seeing myself as a location guy. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I'll always have that. I've always felt like I've had pretty good feel for my pitches, and that's what my pitching coach is literally just like, just go chase Velo now because that's what today's game is changing into. And then I feel like I'll be able to combine those two. So if I have the command and I'm putting up good velocity numbers, then it'll be kind of pretty hard to turn down. Is that something that you think you're going to, you know, the quote chasing Velo? Are you like just working on straight velo and then you're going to revert back to the command you already have in place? Are you trying to do both at the same time? So I feel like that might kind of throw off each other. Yeah, so I'm basically, when I go throwing out, I have absolutely no clue where the ball goes. I could (laughs) care less where it goes. I'm trying to get my intent there, which is a big thing that they teach because obviously when you're trying to throw to a spot, you're not going to try and throw it as hard as you can. You kind of try to place it there. So I think that's one thing that sets me back. So definitely just going out and throwing absolutely as hard as I can and then being able to combine those. Because I still feel like if I were to be throwing as hard as I can, I still have good enough control of my body to at least locate it to a degree, to Mm -hmm. a certain spot. Like my location might not be as pinpoint as it was before, but that's a sacrifice, I guess, I'm willing to make for the velo jump. That makes sense. All right, Micah, last question. Um, just throughout this whole process, like, what have you done? Like, you know, who's been there for you to kind of keep you grounded and just kind of, you know, been there for as a resource for you just through everything you've gone through? Is there something you've yeah. looked to as someone or something you've done or was something like something you can outsource away from baseball? What's been something you can look at for that? Yeah, definitely my dad. So, him being a professional coach is he gives me a really good perspective because him being in football, me being in baseball, two totally different dynamics. But in the grand scheme of things, it's the same thing. If he's got a a free agent guy, he's being real. He's like, you're a free agent sign. He's like, you have to outwork everyone else. He's like, you can't just show up the same as a first rounder because they might have a little more a little more leeway than you. So if that's something that you got to do then he's like you just got to work way harder so he's definitely been probably my biggest supporter and criticizer so Mm -hmm. he's been awesome with just helping me get 
you know, my resources, if there's something I need that might give me an edge, he will not turn over anything until I'm able to get that. So he's put me in definitely the best positions to succeed. And he's, cause he can see that from a coaching perspective, I mean, football, yeah. cause your dad's with Washington, the Washington football team, yeah. newly named. And so he can see the things, maybe you're wondering what coaches are thinking mm -hmm. when you walk in the door, yeah. he's kind of be able to give you that actual perspective. Yeah. He can kind of give me the slap in the face sometimes mm -hmm. when you need it of, no, you need, you're not as good as you think you are. You have to work harder and stuff like that. So, and then, but like I said, he does, he recognizes when you are putting in that work and, you know, congratulates you when you need to, but he also is there to remind you that, you know, you don't really have time to settle and boast in your successful stuff. So yeah. he's like, it's always a constant thing to work at. And so you mentioned that obviously probably a huge help right now with, you know, you're working to get back, um, sign with the team. But when you were going through, you know, with any ball with Boise last year, mm -hmm. when you were feeling kind of the pressure of like, I need to be perfect. What did you have to go to besides baseball? Did you have something that you were able to kind of sit back and relax with, you know, whether a show, a game, something like, what did you do to outsource yourself from the pressure that you were facing with your actual job? Yeah, I would say video games, definitely a little bit, but I'm, I love just like talking with guys like on mm -hmm. the team, just that camaraderie, like off the field. So, and I feel like the, the best way for me to get through that situation was talking to other guys about it so like i said indie ball was by far the best thing that's happened to me because i had guys that have been you know 25 year olds 26 year olds that have been up to double a and i was able to pick their brains of you know how did you deal with that situation because you've been through that with those affiliated programs and they were kind of able to you know sit me down and kind of be like the big brother of telling you how it's going to be like it's going to be a little different how to go about your business and all that stuff so that was for sure the the best thing that's happened to me awesome well mike i really appreciate you coming on giving us a rundown of just all the different stages and i guess phases you've been in the last <laughs> year of the process of you starting professional career so i wish you the best of luck moving forward and appreciate you coming on thank you